Just after lunch on Thursday, Emmy and I said goodbye to her mum. We'd been down to see her for New Year and had a really good time. And understandably, the parting was quite emotional. There were big hugs and watering eyes all round. And as we were about to close the car door to start the long drive home, Emily's mum gave us a parting instruction. Well, more a command, actually. Don't forget to ring me, she said. I like to know you're still alive. Emmy and I laughed, but knew that she was serious. She misses her daughter. She naturally feels the distance between us. We don't get to see her very often. And Emily's mum wants to still feel connected. She wants to continue to share in our lives in some way. Her command was serious, but full of love. Later on, I found myself reflecting on those parting words. Don't forget to ring me. I like to know you're still alive. And I realized again just how important communication is. Communication is, after all, the ultimate sign of life. When we communicate to another person, we're demonstrating that we're still alive. We can still think and feel We still care. And that got me thinking about God. How do we know that God is alive? How do we know that he hasn't upped and left or disappeared? How do we know that he still cares one jot about us? For like Emily and her mum most of the year, we cannot see God, can we? And these are questions that have been asked by people, many people, over the years. One of the clearest examples was in a pop song by Midge Ewer. It's called Dear God. And in it, Midge sings these lyrics. Dear God, is there somebody out there? Someone to hear my prayer? Is there somebody watching over the mess we have made? We are lost and alone and afraid. Today I want to try and tackle that very important question and I want to do it in terms of communication. Midyur and countless others have asked, is there anybody out there? And Christians believe that there is. That person is God and amazingly he wants us all to get to know him. And we know this because God is actively speaking to us. And God speaks to us as human beings in three key ways, through his creation, through his word, and through his son. And we are briefly going to look at all three. At a very basic level, creation itself is evidence for God. Even a child can deduce the logic that for something to exist... It must have been made by someone. Everything we know has been made by someone somewhere. The lectern I'm standing at, the roof I'm standing under, the clothes I'm standing in. All of this was made. Nothing exists that has not been made in some way. So who made the world? Clearly no human being could do that. 
Every week, scientists make new fascinating discoveries that prove again just how vast and intricate and complex the universe is. God made the world. It can only have been him. And fascinatingly, the Bible says that he did it by speaking. This is Psalm 33, verses 6 to 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. When we read that God created the world by speaking, that doesn't necessarily tell us about the process of creation, the biology and the chemistry and the physics behind it all. No. What it means is that behind the apparent randomness of life stands a brilliant mind, a person who speaks and things come to be. The Bible describes God's word as so powerful it makes things happen. And once God has spoken, nothing can be the same again. But here's the really interesting thing. Because creation was made by God speaking it into existence, when we look at the world around us, it still communicates to us what God is like. Indeed, if we look closely and listen carefully enough, we can hear God speaking to us, through the wonder of the natural world. And that is exactly what Psalm 19 began by describing. This was verses 1 to 4. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So when we look at the vast ocean and the towering mountains, we see God's power. When we watch the sunrise turning the sky pink and purple, we see God's majesty. When we hear the birds sing and look at the petals of a rose, we see God's beauty. When we look at the intricacy of a midge's wing and then realise that although they annoy us, they form the food for countless millions of other insects, we see God's wisdom. When we see the changing seasons, the sun and the rain that enable the crops to grow, we see God's provision. When we think of how old the stars are and how the cliffs hold back the sea from swamping over us, we see God's faithfulness. Creation speaks of its maker. And God uses creation to speak to us. Indeed, he ministers to us through its beauty. The Bible says that God speaks so clearly through creation that all people can hear him if they just take the time. This is Romans 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, 
being understood from what has been made, so that all people are without excuse. So our question was, is there anybody out there? And God speaks to us through creation a very loud yes. I'd like us to now imagine that we're standing in an art gallery. Before us is a great masterpiece. We're captivated by it. We've been looking at it for a good while. From the brushstrokes, we can see that the artist was brilliant. From their use of light and texture, we can see great talent. This is well beyond the ordinary. But now we have a desire to know more. Who was it that painted this? What was their inspiration? What are they like as a person? What is their background? That's a very natural thought process when standing in front of a masterpiece, and the creator of the exhibition knows it. So alongside the painting, they placed a panel of information, something for us to read to find out more. In the descriptive text, we get some of the answers to our questions. Can we all picture that scene? Well, so too it is with God. God wants us to know him so much that alongside speaking to us through creation, he also speaks to us through his word, the Bible, a book of books which God directly inspired human beings to write. We often call God's word, the Bible, scripture. And in 2 Timothy 3.16, we read this about it. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Through the pages of the Bible, God speaks. And he speaks in two different directions. First of all, he talks to us about himself. And second, he talks to us about ourselves. Christians believe that when we read the Bible, we learn about God. We learn about how he thinks and how he feels and how he acts, what he approves of and what he hates. Ultimately, the Bible is a little like a love letter. As we peruse its pages, we discover the great story of God's love for his world and the people that he's made and his passionate desire to put all that has gone wrong with both right. And as part of that goal, the Bible also teaches us about ourselves. God speaks directly through his word to us today to try and help us live the very best lives that we can. And when you think about it, that makes sense. Because if God is the designer and the creator of everything that exists, he knows better than anyone else how it all works. And when we add to that our growing knowledge of his love for us, it makes absolute sense to follow his instructions. Because we know they're spoken with our best interests at heart. So Christians believe that when we read the Bible, God speaks about what is right and wrong. He guides us on how to make wise decisions in our lives. He trains us in discernment 
so that we can begin to navigate the difficult issues that modern life constantly throws at us. God speaking to us through his word is something very special. Listen again to how Psalm 19 describes it. After delighting in God's voice in creation, the psalmist rejoices in God's voice through his law. These are verses 7 to 12. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The decrees of the Lord are firm. All of them are righteous. They're more precious than gold. They're sweeter than honey. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. You see, God speaks to us through his law and it refreshes us and makes us wise. When we put his guidance into action, we begin to discover joy in our lives. Yes, at times, God's law shows up our faults and our errors and our sin, and that can be unsettling for us. But it then leads us to where forgiveness is found, and that is in the love of God. The psalmist describes God's love as a precious gift. His word is purer than gold and sweeter than honey. It's so special because God still speaks through it to us today. A moment ago, I asked us to imagine ourselves in an art gallery. I'd like us to return to that one more time. We've gazed at the masterpiece. We've seen evidence of a brilliant artist. We've read the information on the panel and now we have a better understanding of where the artist comes from and what inspired them. But still we have a few more questions. We'd like to know what the artist is working on right now. We'd like to know if they give us a few lessons. Offer us a word of advice on how to improve our skills. With questions like these, there's only one way of getting the answer that we want. We need to meet the artists themselves. We need to have a conversation with them. And incredibly, that is what God has enabled for us. Because once we've heard God speak through creation and his word, the Bible, we begin to hear him speak through his son. And this is the best of all. Let me read a couple of verses to you. The first is John 1.14, which you will recognize from our Christmas services. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The second is Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 2. In the past... God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Christians believe that in Jesus, God's word leaps off the written page 
and into the flesh. In Jesus, we see God in 3D. We hear God in surround sound. Truly, if you want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. If we want to know what God would have us do, we look at Jesus. If we want to know what God is working on now, we look at Jesus. Jesus himself told us when he was walking our earth 2,000 years ago and speaking to the disciples and speaking to the crowds, speaking those words that are recorded by historians in our Bibles, that he was speaking the word of God. This is John 14, 23 to 24. Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching." My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, but belong to the Father who sent me. In those verses, alongside that great statement that Jesus spoke the words of God, Jesus makes a great promise to us. If we choose to love him and we choose to set out to follow his teaching, he will come to live in us by his Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is still speaking to Christians today, guiding us through our consciences, guiding us through our common sense, sometimes guiding us even through our dreams. Jesus, God spoke his ultimate word and through Jesus, He is still speaking into our lives on Isla today. Over the next few weeks, we're going to hear many of the words of Jesus because they are the core of what Christians believe. They are the most important words we will ever hear in our lives. The words of Jesus are good words and they are true words. We're going to hear promises of forgiveness for the past. We're going to hear promises of rest for the present. We're going to hear promises for life beyond the grave. We will hear that God is always with us, that God always loves us, that God is always working for our good. We will hear Jesus speak. Please come back to find out more. But we've said enough now to finish part one of our new series. Christians believe that God is real and we know that Because he's speaking to us through creation, through his word in the Bible, through his son, Jesus. God is calling to us, wanting us to get to know him and for us to benefit from his love. God is speaking. It's a bit like a mobile phone ringing in your pocket. Are you going to answer? God wants a conversation about his world and our lives within it. Are we going to join in? If we do, it will change everything about us.